know what this service is about, it's right there in that song. For you see, when we talk about Christmas and we talk about giving, and I say this every year, the point of this service is not about you giving your dollars and your cents and your check and your gift to Jesus. It's about giving your life and your heart and your all to Jesus Christ. It's not a one-day celebration. It's not a one-time giving, but it's a daily giving of your life that best expresses your love to Christ because of what he's done for you. We've sung and talked a lot about love and compassion, and I'm telling you, it is a verb. It's not a noun. Man, it's a, it's a verb. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Out of love he gave, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, when you have this inward love of God, it flows out. It has to. When an infinite God of this universe dwells in your heart, it has to find expression. And it does in love. Love's not a noun. It's a verb. It's compassion. So that's why he says he demands my heart and my life and my all. You know, we've been loved with the full compassion of God's love. And now we're called to serve him and to give him. And I want to stress it, man. It's not about giving your whatever you're about to give. What that does is simply an outward expression of an inward love that you have. And the Bible's full of those. Baptism is an outward sign of that inward love. Communion is an outward sign of that inward love. Giving is an outward sign of that inward love. And every day or every Sunday, we have uh, this part of our worship service called the offering. It's an act of worship. It, it is there to remind us that God doesn't just want us one day a week or one-tenth of us. He demands our life, our heart. And our all. And so if you're here this morning and you haven't given Jesus Christ your heart, your life, and your all, I'm telling you what you put in the manger here in just a second, he would gladly trade for your heart and your life and your all. And when you make that trade, I'm telling you, you will get a life that you couldn't even imagine. Love, an indescribable, unequivocal love moving in your heart and life through the person of Jesus Christ. And he said, here's the deal. I'll save you from your sins. I'll rescue your soul from, from sin, death, hell, and the grave. The whole Easter story is bound up in Christmas. But here's the deal. You give me your life and your heart and your all. And you always get the better deal when you do that with Jesus. Pastor says the, the point of putting Christ back into Christmas, how that's lived out, how that's fleshed out, it really begins and ends with grace. But, but it's also realizing that our very calling is to be compassionate people humbly serving those around us. That's our calling. 
We're, we're full of grace, bestowed upon grace, giving grace, but full of compassionate people in this, in this body. That's who we're called to be. And so in that, this may be humbly serving your family. This may be humbly serving your, your coworkers. This may be humbly serving all over Downriver, all over the world. Whatever that looks like, we're, we're compassionate towards those people. And as he read Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it explains what that means in compassion. PG, if you can put that up, buddy, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself, what's the word? Nothing, right? It continues, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. If you look at Mark 10, 45, this passage is exactly like Philippians 2. It says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why he came. So if we really want to get serious about putting Christ back into Christmas, that means that you've got to find a way to humble yourself and to serve the people God has placed in your life. And I love, I love how we're trying to do that as a church. I love how Kirby does that, how, how we as a body of Christ do that. Because we're, we're trying to provide provisions to those in the Appalachian Mountains. Feeding, providing for the homeless in the Detroit Rescue Mission. Filling shoeboxes like you did earlier in the month for Operation Christmas Child that's shipped all over the world. I mean, financial needs, helps, putting, putting a roof over people's heads, trying to help them with bills. Just helping families struggling to buy toys and clothes. And there's one family, in fact, that we got a call this week that, that a family's house burnt down and, and everybody's okay, but they lost all their clothes and the kids are just tore up about losing all their toys. And they called and said, is there anything Kirby can do? And I said, my word, that's exactly what we do. That's, we're, we're called to be compassionate people. And so if you even say, I want to help that family, three kids that have no toys, no clothes, I want to help them, then, then find one of our staff members after service because I told them I know that that's what we do. That's who we are. We're called to be compassionate people. And if, it's interesting to me that, that God is moving in us and through us and how exciting that is just to be a part of it. Isn't that exciting just to be a part of the body, to do those kind of things? And those of you who may be new today and this whole giving and, and all that stuff, that you may say, why? Like that may just be the question that hits you, just why? Why would you take off work to serve your face off in West Virginia for people that you'll never get to see again? Why do you spend money? Why do you spend time? Why do you spend energy and effort on homeless people when they're never going to come to your church? Why are you packing boxes for kids that you're never going to meet halfway around the world? Why? The question, why, why, why? Matthew 10, 25. This one verse in Matthew is part of the answer. And it says this in Matthew 10, 25. Jesus called them together and he said this. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. What he's saying is he says... You know how the world works. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, you know how the world works. People that are on top, they have stuff. People that are on top of the world, they're, they're in authority and they lord it over everybody else. And so that, that's just the way it is. That's just the way that it works. And all the people listening to Jesus would have said, yeah, we know that. That's our lives. That's exactly what we know. That we get the way the world works. And then the first part of verse 26, I love it. It says, not so with you. Isn't that good? He says, no, 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 not so with you. Let those words sink in for a second. Let those words just, just penetrate your heart. He's saying, those of you who call yourselves followers of Christ, those of you who, who've given your lives to Christ and have experienced his amazing grace, he's saying, it's not that way with you. Things should be different for us. 
He says, that's the way we're not supposed to live. You know that. And he he continues at the end of verse 26. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And if you've got your Bible open to that, circle the word must. If you're taking notes, write down the word must because it's not optional. He he says, a non-serving follower of Christ is a contradiction. Jesus says, it just can't be. It just can't be to be a Christian and to not serve, to not follow, to not care, to not be compassionate. And there's this human nature in us, a human part of all of us, a part of the fall, a sinful part of us that focuses on me, right? On every one of us, in every single one of us, that, that who's meeting my needs, who's helping my hurts, who's solving my pains. And at Christmas time, it kicks into high gear because it's about my lights, it's about my gifts, it's about my schedule, my shopping list, that even my giving and my serving is about me and my egotistical, me, 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 sinful ways. That's, that's the way that it is. It's human nature. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, it's human nature. That's the way they are. But not so with you. He says, you're not satisfied with that, are you? You're not going to be okay with that. Not so with you. So for the Christ follower, you ask, whose needs can I meet? You begin to really lean in and really care and say, well, who, who can I help? Who can I serve? Who can I pour compassion onto? Because you realize that the more you give your life away, the more blessed you actually are. And isn't that beautiful? That's how God created us. Mark 8.35 briefly says this. It says, for whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. He says, again, it's all upside down. It's this contradictory thought to culture that everything is different than what we're given. And honestly, this is what I'm going through right now in my life. If you want to really dig into my life, the realization is that we're going to spend our lives on something. Every one of us will spend our lives on something. You're going to give your life away to something, your time. You're going to give your energy, your resources in some way, in some fashion. You're going to give it away. Some people are going to build their lives on their career. And, and just about every ounce of time and every ounce of energy that they have is going to be built on their, on their career. And, and, and I don't I don't want to build my life on my career. I don't want to do that. I, I, I struggle with, with the thought of building my life on my career because at the end of a career, you're going to get a gold watch from that company with the logo on it. And you're going to look at that watch and you're going to say, how did I spend my life? I gave my life to you. What did I, why did I do that? What am I doing? Some people are going to spend their lives just increasing their finances, just gaining loads and loads and loads of money just so at the end of our lives, we can give that money to greedy children because it's so much, and they're going to get it, and they're going to be greedy, and their hearts are going to be turned to it, and they're going to blow it all on all kinds of crazy things. And I look at that, and I think, I don't want that, Lord. I don't, I don't want to build my life around a career. I don't want to build my life around money. Some people build their lives on just achieving success. Just, I, I got to be successful, whatever that really means. And, and once you achieve it, they're going to name a building after you, or they're going to name like a street or section of town after you. And soon after, you're going to be forgotten that we're going to give our lives away to something. And the question for all of us today is not about money. The question for all of us today is, are you going to give your life away for something that's eternal or something that is temporary? Are we going to give our lives away to something that's of God? Are we going to give it away? Here's the word, accidentally. Let, let me... Let me give this to you because this is so scary to me and this is just where I'm living in my life and so just to be transparent with you we're not 
generally Christians, generally people, we're not intentional. People are not very intentional. We just allow our lives to spill out, don't we? We, we just allow it just if work sends us here for money or for prestige, then, then we just go there and we kind of spill our lives out over there for a little while. We spill out time into this dating relationship for a little while. We spend time into that friendship for a little while and we just kind of spill time over there and here. And, and, and none of it is because you're a bad person. None of that is because you're bad, but we've taken so little time in our lives thinking about purpose. So little time that we think, okay, let me just really evaluate my life and how I'm going to pour it. To think that you have, listen, listen, you have a limited amount of resources in your time. You have a limited amount of resources in your money, in your talent, and you will take your limited time, resources, effort, and talent, and you're going to invest them in such a way that your life is going to have eternal value, or are you just going to allow other people, just whatever comes about accidentally, to dictate your life, where you end up, and how you accidentally spill your life in whatever's in front of you? Do you see the difference? And the two words that are just contradictory are spill and pour, because you've got to make a decision today. I've got to make a decision today. How are we going to invest our lives as a church, as Kirby Church? We don't want to spill ourselves accidentally like that's not what our church is about God has so blessed our church he has so blessed us and and just to think about that reality for a minute that you've got to know that's for a reason it's for a purpose that God is blessing Kirby not to just sit back and enjoy it not to just sit back and, and and to be accidentally serving people but it's to intentionally reach out to a world and disciple people in a greater way to do that. And, and it all starts with grace and it all ends with grace, but it begins to, to really penetrate your heart where you become compassionate. You become this, this compassionate follower of Jesus Christ and that compassion is flowing out of every single one of us in a greater way than it was before in an intentional, purposeful way. It's not accidental. It's not just they called and so I showed up. It's I'm intentional because I'm limited. My time, my effort, my, my life is limited. So in the light of talking about our lives being spilled out and poured out, look at Philippians 2, verse 17. Paul writes this amazing verse, and I love it so very much. He says, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad, and I rejoice with all of you. This is Paul talking about his life. This, this is Paul. He says, I, I want my life to be poured out like a drink offering. That's something way different than spilling something, right? Like, like it's way different to pour something than to spill something. Like if you, if you pour something, it's intentional. I pour out my life. If I spill it, it's accidental. And Paul says, I don't want my life to be an accident. I, I don't want the way I live to just be whatever's in front of me. I want to intentionally pour out my life with grace and compassion on everybody that's around me, everybody that God gives me, I want to be a living sacrifice. And so for you, for me, I want us, I want my life, my family, I want our church, no matter where we are in life, I want us to be poured, not spilled. I want Kirby to pour, not spill, that our lives in the church exist. It exists not for ourselves, but for the glory of God, right? To impact our world. That really is what Christmas is all about. That God looked down on our world with compassion. And Christmas serves as a reminder of that compassion. He saw how dark we were. 
Jesus saw, God saw how, how ignorant we were, how confused we were, how afraid we were. And here's the realization, how stained we were that we can't overcome it. We're stained through and through. It's just sunk right through to the very depths of us. And he didn't choose to send a warning. He didn't choose to send some rebuke. He didn't choose to send an idea or even a religion. God sent to us himself in the form of a man fully embodying everything that he intends for the human race to be. Isn't that incredible? And so when we see mangers, don't let them just be mangers that are decorations. When we see, you know, uh, Christmas songs, when we sing those, don't let them just be Christmas songs. This is an upside down story that Mary sees as Christmas. She sees this and and when she begins to, to write and sing this song that Pastor Mike read earlier, Jesus proclaims through that, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me is no longer going to be in darkness. I'm not going to be penetrating darkness, but I'm going to have the light of life. And I just think that's amazing. I think that's beautiful. And the question is, once you have the light of life, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to spend it? How will we invest it? Are you going to unintentionally just spill it out wherever you're taken Wherever people want you, whatever, whatever people dictate in your life, are you just going to accidentally spill it out without focus, without purpose? Or will you pour it onto a dark world with grace and with compassion? Because the truth is that the Lord's given us one life, one life. And I'm telling you, a big part of putting Christ back into Christmas is learning how to humbly serve the people that God's placed in our lives.